Welcome to the Howie Silbiger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Get in on the conversation. Call 1-877-669-1292. Is it Monday already? Holy cow. (laughs) The week goes by quick. Welcome to the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. My name is Howie Silberger, and we are here on a Monday night on truetalkradio.com. You could download the True Talk Radio Network app by going to your favorite app store, either the Android app store or the iPhone app store. It is there, and it is, uh, it is available to be downloaded at any given time. And if you download the True Talk Radio app, what you could do is you could listen to programming on True Talk Radio. Oh, isn't that amazing? Uh, yeah, it airs 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We have uh, all sorts of different programs that play on True Talk Radio, all sorts of different shows. You'll love it. You won't want to stop playing it. Download the True Talk Radio Network app now from your favorite app store. And, uh, of course, the Howie Silver Show airs mostly every night at uh, 10 o'clock right here on truetalkradio.com. So happy that, that I'm here and happy to be there. Happy that you're here. Happy to be here. English is my first language, isn't it? Uh, and uh, and I invite you, I invite you to join me in conversation. You, of course, could always call in. Numbers to call, one 669 1292 Now, when I say that you should call in and join me in conversation, I mean, that's only when the phone system actually works. Because there are times where the phone system doesn't work properly. Now, I have a state-of-the-art phone system for True Talk Radio. We spend a lot of money installing the phone system and the studio and, and, and getting everything ready to do the show uh, from, from the studio that we do the show from. And, and we spent a lot of money installing this phone system, and we found that um, because it's a digital phone system and it works, uh, it works digitally and connects to the, uh, to the computers and connects to the soundboard and connects to everything and is able to feed right into the uh, station and right onto the, onto the air, uh, we find that sometimes, just sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes... It fails us. Sometimes we have a problem with it, and it doesn't really work. So if you try to call in and I don't answer the phone, chances are it's not ringing on my end. So you could keep trying, or you could um, you could just send me a message, or you could send me an email at howie at truetalkradio.com, and I will get to your comments uh, when I can in, in the course of the show. Uh, so, so try calling in because I prefer to talk to you. But if the phone line doesn't work, that's fine too, uh, because you could always communicate with me through the chat. On, on social media. So if you're watching this on social media, there's a, a chat button or a, a comment button. You could always comment and I'll see the comments. Or you could, um, you could naturally, always, 100%, always, send me an email, howie at truetalkradio.com. It's probably the best way to contact me outside of the show, howie at truetalkradio.com. All right, so um, we've been talking a lot in the last few weeks about Jew hatred uh, it started off with Kanye West and then moved on to uh, a lot of other things. We were talking about Jew hatred before Kanye West decided to to become a rabid anti-Jewite. We've been talking about uh, Jew hatred for a long time on the show. And it's rearing its ugly head in New York again. Now, it always seems around this time of year, and I, I seem to be covering this in the summertime and around this time of year, it always seems that anti-Jewites decide that they're going to attack Jewish people. So for the last few weeks in New York, the Jewish community has been under attack. And uh, there have been various attacks on Jews in the streets of New York. And just 
yesterday, a group of Jewish boys were chased by attackers firing taser guns and shouting, run Jews, get out of here. Now that happened in the Flatbush area of Brooklyn and uh, the local chapter of Shmira, the Jewish public safety group, uh, went to chase these people, uh, chase these people away, try to apprehend these people. It, it is a crazy situation. Imagine that you're walking down the street, a bunch of Jewish boys are walking down the street and they get chased by attackers yelling, run Jews, get out of here and firing taser guns at them. It's outrageous. It's it's scary. It's 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 disgusting. And it's happening in New York where the largest population of Jews live outside of Israel. Now if this isn't a clear indication, if this isn't a a perfectly clear indication that there is something seriously wrong with society today. I I don't know what a clearer indication could be. I don't know where we could go to get a clearer indication of what is wrong with society today than a bunch of Jews running down the street being chased by people who are yelling, run Jews, get out of here, and shooting taser guns at them. The last time this happened, and I hate to do this, and I, I generally don't do this, but the last time this happened, it was the lead up to Jews being in ovens and, and, and gas chambers. Now, I'm not saying we're getting to that position. I'm not saying we're getting there in America. It's not happening yet. But is the potential there? Of course it's there. 35 years ago, Rabbi Meir Kahana put together a museum of the potential Holocaust where he proved 35 years ago that the Holocaust could happen in America at any time. Now, 35 years later, we're starting to see the results of his research. We're starting to see the inklings, the beginnings of what could potentially become an unfortunate event, an unfortunate disaster for the Jewish people of North America. When people feel emboldened enough to be able to run down the street in Flatbush, a predominantly Jewish area of town, run down the street, firing taser guns at Jews and yelling, run Jews, run, get out of here. We know we have a major issue. We know that there is a that there, there is a major danger that we are facing as Jewish people. And it starts in Flatbush and it'll, it'll, it'll extend. It'll extend to, uh, to other parts of Brooklyn, then it'll go into Manhattan, then it'll, go, it'll, just keep, it'll just keep rolling. And eventually it'll make its way right across North America. It has to start somewhere. And now you may be thinking, Howie, you're exaggerating. What, what are you, crazy? But I remember, I remember a story I heard about my grandfather who lived in Poland. He lived in Auschwitz in Poland. That's where they built the Auschwitz death camp, but he was there before the Auschwitz death camp. He was in the town of Auschwitz. And I remember the story of my grandfather uh, that, he, that I didn't hear from him. He was dead before I was born, but I, I heard the story over and over again throughout my childhood. And the story was that he went outside of his house one day and there were Jews running up the street and he watched as the Jews ran up the street and they were being chased by their neighbors who were yelling, run Jews, run, get out of here. I remember this story clearly. Run, Jews, run. Get out of here. Go home. Go back to wherever you came from. Get out of here. In his situation, unfortunately, the get out of here was going into concentration camps, then into the gas chambers, and into the ovens of Auschwitz. 
we have we have a choice in North America. We don't have to jump into the gas chambers. We don't have to uh, run around and, and be scared all the time. We have we have options. Now, many of us choose not to take that option, and that's fine. God gave us the, the, the freedom of choice. But there are options. And there were options for Jews in Europe before World War II, too, also. Jabotinsky, Zev Jabotinsky, was running around for, for, for a decade yelling at Jews that the, the end is coming and that the Nazis are going to be, come to power and there's going to be a big, a, big, a big problem with the Jewish people. He did it for, he ran for a decade. And everyone laughed at him. They all thought it was funny that this man was a, a crazy radical. This man was, was nuts. We're comfortable here. The German people love us. The Polish people love us. The Ukrainians love us. But then there was Auschwitz, Majdanek, Dachau, Bobby Yar. And suddenly we weren't so loved anymore. Suddenly we weren't so accepted anymore. Suddenly we weren't such a part of society anymore. Now we're going to sit around here and pretend that this is not happening in North America. We're going to sit around and pretend that we shouldn't be outraged, that we shouldn't be afraid. We're going to sit around and pretend that it's okay for a group of Jewish boys to be chased down the streets in Flatbush, New York, being shot by taser guns and being told to get out of there, get out Jew, run Jew. We're going to pretend that's okay? Well, I'm not going to pretend that's okay. Not at all. I'm not going to pretend that's okay. I'm not going to say that this is the, the way we should be living. There's no way. We 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 gotta we gotta get our act together. We gotta get new leadership. We gotta get leadership that's actually going to guide us in a direction, guide the masses in a direction that's going to tell them that we're in danger. The red light should be flashing. If you ever watch Star Trek, you should see that red light behind you just blanking. And 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 that that annoying siren. This is a dangerous situation. This is code red. Jews are being chased down the street, beaten in the street. And it's been happening for years in New York, and nobody has done a thing about it. Now, this is not a new phenomenon in New York, by the way. There was the Crown Height riots. Remember the Crown Height riots in the 1990s? Now the darling of the left-wing media, Al Sharpton, is, is the darling of the left-wing media. But way back in the beginning of the 1990s, Al Sharpton was calling for the murder of Jews. He was calling for the murder of Jews, and he, his call actually, his call for the murder of Jews actually came true when Yanko Rosenbaum was killed in the Crown Heights riots. He, the hate monger, and he is totally a hate monger. Al Sharpton was was I, I can't say it allegedly directly responsible for the murder of Yanko Rosenbaum. I can't directly accuse him because he's going to sue me. But but his his. The language he used and the feelings that he conjured up and, and the atmosphere that he created in Crown Heights at the time led to the, directly to the murder of Yanko Rosenbaum. The riot led to the murder of Yanko Rosenbaum and he started the riot. But nobody cares. It's only Jews. Nobody cares about the Jews. Nobody cares that the Jews are in trouble, that the Jews 
are are being attacked. Nobody cares. Two years ago, the mayor of New York and the governor of New York both had separate press conferences where they directly blamed the Hasidic Jewish community of Crown Heights for the spread of COVID in New York City. They had a press conference where they declared that the Jews were responsible for spreading COVID in New York City because they were praying outside their synagogue. Because they went to a funeral. So it was the Jews' fault that COVID was spreading as quickly as it was spreading through New York and killing as many people as it was killing in New York. These kind of blood libels have repercussions and they don't happen right away. They build up animosity amongst the neighbors and amongst the non-Jews and it doesn't happen overnight, but eventually animosity spills over and then you have Jewish boys chased down the streets being hit by taser guns and being yelled at, run Jews, get out of here in the middle of Flatbush. That's when that happens. When the hatred spills over, when the anger and the animosity spills over and the anger and animosity is created by people like Al Sharpton, created, created by the mayors and the governors who blame the Jewish community for stuff. And what does the Jewish community do? They sit back and do nothing? The apathy is amazing. Why are we so apathetic? Why, why do we allow this to happen to us? Where happened to the strong Jews? What happened to the, what happened to the, to the, to the, to the Jews that were willing to get on the streets and fight for, for themselves, for their community, for their people? Where'd they go? The incident took place on Avenue J and East 16th Street, right near the Flatbush Yeshiva and Toro College. The area is uh, home to a large Jewish community and many Jewish schools and businesses. Now, there is surveillance camera footage from the scene that shows a group of Jewish boys running down the street as a group of assailants run after them, shouting. The flash of the taser can be seen in the footage as well. Now, this anti-Jewish attack is under investigation by the New York Police Department's 70th Precincts and uh, the Anti-Defamation League of New York, the uh, organization, and the Anti-Defamation League of New Jersey, two organizations that are, that are actually paid Every time there's a hate crime, they, they, they make money on hate. They tweeted that it has taken note of the incident and it's reaching out to partners and law enforcement to, for more information. Now, New York P- Police Department data revealed last week that anti-Jewish hate crimes across New York City's five boroughs more than doubled in November 2022 compared to November 2021. There were 45 crimes motivated by J- Jew hatred in November compared to 20 in November 2021, according to the New York City Police Department data. Anti-Jewish hate crimes have skyrocketed in the Big Apple throughout the year. The worst spike so far occurred in February, which saw 56 anti-Jewish hate crimes compared to 11 in February of 2021. Now, what's causing this Jew hatred? What's causing these attacks on the Jewish population? Uh, There's there's many things. Uh, Kanye West isn't helping the case. Al Sharpton isn't helping the case. I mean, there's there's plenty of people out there who who are preaching against the Jewish people. The mayor of New York, when he had his press conference blaming the Jews for spreading COVID, didn't help the case. The governor of New York, when he had his press conference blaming the Jews for the spreading of COVID, didn't help his case, didn't help the case either. There's so much blame and hatred and animosity towards the Jewish community that this is what's happening. We see we see hate crimes spiraling out of control when it comes to Jews. And I hate the word hate crimes. I hate using that term. 
And I try to avoid using that term as much as possible because attacks against Jews aren't hate crimes. Uh, I will never consider an attack against a Jew a hate crime. Those hate crimes, uh, you know, when they call them a hate crime, I hate that term because that term has such a political message to it and it's not really what it is. An attack against a Jew is an attack against the Torah, is an attack against Jewish way of life. It's an attack against uh, a certain people for the way they live. It's not a hate crime. It's not that the people who are attacked them hate them. They hate the morality we stand for. They hate the family values we stand for. They hate our way of life. They hate Torah. And that's why they attack Jews. So I wouldn't call it a hate crime against Jews. They don't necessarily hate the person they're attacking. They hate what that person stands for. And that's the problem. Society's morals have gone to the toilet. We've, we've, we, we're really at the lowest point in society, I think, that has ever been since Sodom and Gomorrah when, when it comes to hate crimes. And, and I, I, I honestly believe that because religious Jews hold a certain moral authority they hold a certain moral standard. Uh, I believe that that is part of why they get attacked on a constant basis. Think about this. If, if the majority of society is living a moralist, godless life, and there are a group of people who are living with morals and God, either there's jealousy or there's hatred. And when we have societies that, that, that make religion a bad word, they make religion a four-letter word, then, of course, people who follow religion, people who adhere to religion, people who adhere to religious beliefs, they, they're really the enemy. So, so we're exactly the opposite of what happened uh, with the Puritans in the 1700s and the 1600s. It's the exact opposite now. In the 1600s, when you weren't a believer... Then you're a heretic and they, 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 they would hang you. Now, if you are a believer, you're a heretic and they hang you. It's amazing how the tides have turned. It's amazing how, how in three, four generations, religion has become such a terrible, terrible concept. A horrific concept for some people. I've had many people who tell me, you're an Orthodox Jew? Wow, you're a fascist? Why are you such a fascist? Why would you be an Orthodox Jew fascist? What does that mean? Why am I an Orthodox Jewish fascist? Because I'm following a way of life? Because I chose to live the way I live? Because I chose to follow a moral code? That makes me a fascist? Well, I suppose if you feel inferior to my moral code, if you feel that what you're doing is wrong and what I'm doing is right, then perhaps you feel that I'm judging you, which I'm not because I really don't care what you're doing. But if you feel that I'm judging you and that I that I that you live by by a certain no morals and you know anything goes and I live by a moral code, if you feel that's judgmental, well then I can understand why you would be a little angry at me. But if that's the case, then then it's kind of shallow, isn't it? Uh, I've always lived with philosophy: live and let live. Uh, I don't care what you do; it's not my business. What you do in your bedroom is not my business. What you do in your house is not my business. How you follow your religion and your relationship with God is not my business. Uh, I, I've made statements on the show before where I've said that, you know, if you don't believe in God, you can't be Jewish. But that is a technical, a technical um, definition of what a Jew is, not necessarily a judgment on who you are. 
Because personally, I don't care what your relationship with God is. That's not my business. That's between you and God. And if you have no relationship with God, that's between you and God. It's not between you, me, and God. I couldn't care less. The only thing I care about is what my relationship with God is and what my family's relationship with God is. So outside of that, I, I couldn't care less what you're doing. Now, now that may sound a little callous and may sound a little weird and uh, may sound a little mean, but the truth is that you're not that important. Neither am I. And, and since we're not all that important and since we are not all that, uh, since, since your life is not that important to me and my life is not that important to you, me judging you based on my moral values is irrelevant. And if you don't care about what I think, or you don't care about who I am or, or anything else, then, then, then who cares? Why are we even talking about it? But if you're going to judge me and say, you're an Orthodox Jew, you don't belong here? Get out, Jew, run, get out? Well, then we have a different conversation suddenly. Then suddenly we have something else to talk about. Some, suddenly, suddenly the conversation has changed, hasn't it? And that's where we're at now, where the conversation has changed, where I can no longer say that I don't care what you think, because I do care what you think now. When you're coming to kill me, I care what you think. When you're coming to beat me up, I care what you think. And not only do I care what you think, but I care about what you're going to do. And since we are responsible for each other, as Jews, we, we live in a community and we, we are responsible for each other, and we should be responsible for each other. I care what you're doing to my brother and to my brethren. And I can't sit quietly by and allow this kind of attacks to happen on my people. And you shouldn't be able to sit by either. Even if you're not Jewish, as a moral person, you shouldn't be able to sit by and allow Jews to be attacked in the streets of New York. There should be riots in the streets of New York. Every moral person in New York City should be rioting in the streets of New York, demanding that the police take care of the Jewish community, standing in support of the Jewish community. This should be happening. It's not. Now, there could be two reasons why it's not happening. One it could be just general apathy that nobody does this anymore. Or, or two could be that everybody just agrees with attacking Jews and throwing them out of New York. Now, I can't believe the latter is true. I can't believe that the majority of New Yorkers want Jews out. It, doesn't, it wouldn't make sense to me. It would be illogical that that many people would want Jews out. But then again, it was illogical when that many Germans wanted Jews out of Germany too. So I guess anything is possible. If that is the case, then, then, then the situation has progressed to a point where of no return, and that, that's, that's really problematic. But if that is not the case, and it's just general apathy, then we have to wake up, and we have to stop being apathetic, and we have to start being proactive. We have to teach our kids how to, how to defend themselves. We have to teach our kids how to defend their communities, how to defend their institutions, how to defend themselves, and we have to push our community to start considering moving to a Jewish place, moving to Israel to a Jewish place where they could be safe. We shouldn't wait for the haters to win. We shouldn't wait for the haters to start killing people and start burning down our buildings and start rounding us up and throwing us into death camps before we understand that the stay in North America may have come to an end. We may, we may be at the point where it's time to move on. It's quite possible we're at that point. And it's quite possible that Jews in North America should be looking at the option of moving on, of, 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 uh, of figuring out where they have to be or where they're going to go when life in North America comes to an end. 
And that seems to be happening rapidly. It's it's scary, I know. I know it's a scary thing to think about. I, I know, it scares me to even talk about it, and I talk about it a lot because I see the trend, I see what's going on, and I see where it's going. I see what's happening. And it bothers me. And that's why I keep talking about it. And, and I get a lot of people who tell me, Howie, why do you keep talking about this stuff? It's very scary, and I, I, I agree with you. It is very scary, and that's why I keep talking about it. Because the scariness scares me. And it should scare you the same way it scares me. If it does, then stop being apathetic. Start speaking up. Start demanding of your politicians to safeguard the Jewish community. Now, I have to say, in the last few weeks, I've been uh, I've been quite impressed with different celebrities and and politicians getting up and defending Jews and standing against anti-Jewism. I don't know if it's a ruse. I don't know if it's just a reaction because Kanye West is running around praising Hitler. I'm not sure what's going on with these celebrities, but I, I'm and the politicians. But I'm happy that at least somebody is getting up and saying something. Thank God. Now more people should be doing this, and we we and, and the police and whoever should be cracking down on Jew haters. This is unacceptable. This is completely, completely unacceptable. I'm Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. You can feel free to join in on the conversation. one 669 is the number to call. one 669 1292 to get in on the conversation here on the Howie Silberger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. So, um, Radio Shalom, the home of the Howie Silberger Show for 18 years. We, we, uh, we were on every day, every night of the week on Radio Shalom. Where I was the first voice, the first voice, when Radio Shalom went on to the AM dial on 1650 AM in Montreal. I was the first voice that you heard when Radio Shalom went live on 1650. And I hosted a show every single night, and then three times a week, and then once a week, and then, then every night again, and then we moved back and forth as the format changed uh, for 18 years on Radio Shalom. And it was, a, it was the home of the Howie Silver Show, and we were happy to be there. And we didn't get paid. It was all volunteer, and uh, we were happy to serve the Jewish community for 18 years. We had a lot of guests come in. I mean, everybody listened to the show. It was a, it was a good show. Everybody listened to it. We do the same show here on, 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 on True Talk Radio. Um, I wish we were on AM dial. Uh, if we were on AM dial, it would probably be, uh, we would probably triple our listenership. But anyway, we, we, we are, we're happy with where we are right now. Um, Radio Shalom had its had its good parts and its bad parts, and um, uh, a couple of years ago, um, six seven years ago, uh, Radio Shalom canned our show. They canned our show for for um, for nefarious reasons. Really, it was it was a ploy. Uh, we were airing on Sundays at the time. We we had our show on a Sunday. Uh, we had stopped airing during the week, and uh, the Howie Silver show was only on Sundays for three hours on a Sunday evening, and. Uh, one Sunday, um, Robert Levy, the president of Radio Shalom, came to me and said to me, Howie, your, share's not, your, your show's not going to air next week. Uh, we're taking a week off to show the Jewish community that, uh, that programming is going to end here on Radio Shalom if they don't start supporting us. At the time, he was trying to get the Anglophone Jewish community to support him. And so he was trying to do it by threat, which probably wasn't the best fundraising tactic. Uh, but that's what he was trying to do. And, um, and, and so he canned my show for one week. 
Well, that one week turned into uh, forever canning. We never got a chance to say goodbye to our audience at Radio Shalom or transition them to the Internet or to True Talk Radio to, to, to show them that we're, we're continuing the show. We were never given that opportunity, which was really a shame because, um, because there was no reason not to give us the opportunity. We could have come on on Monday night or Tuesday night and just told people that, hey, look, the show's coming to an end here and we're moving there. But Robert Levy never allowed me to do that. So after 18 years of service, we were unceremoniously dumped without even a farewell show, which, which really upset me at the time, uh, seriously upset me at the time. So uh, we continued... Uh, doing the Howie Silberger Show, as we continue today. We're, we've been doing the show for almost 30 years on various different platforms. And, um, and I'm happy. I'm happy to be here, and I'm happy that you found me and that we're here on True Talk Radio. Well, Radio Shalom is no more. The other day, just a couple of days ago, the CRTC, the Canadian Radio and Telecommunications Council, approved the sale of Montreal's Radio Shalom, Montreal's Jewish radio station, to evangelical Christians. Now, according to the decision, a major factor of that uh, of that choice was um, was a letter sent by the official organization from Federation uh, from the Sephardic community, which t- said that they were very happy with the programming and the mix of Jewish and Christian programming on on 1650, and they didn't care that it wasn't going to be Jewish owned anymore. Now, I, I I have mixed feelings about this because we made a bid. Uh, True Talk Radio made a bid and a couple of other people made bids to buy Radio Shalom from the ownership that was there, from the leadership that was running the station. And we put in, we put in quite, quite fair bids to take over the station, not much more than what was paid to Radio Shalom, not much less, excuse me, than what was paid to Radio Shalom. And we were turned down. And, uh, and we were told that the reason we were turned down was because uh, if the Jewish community didn't support them, they weren't going to. The Jewish community was going to lose the station. Instead of uh, like maybe somebody else could come in and fix the station and make the station popular in the Jewish community and and be successful with the station, they were going to shut it down and uh, and give it to another community because the Jewish community didn't deserve the station if they didn't support them. It's such a narrow-minded, stupid way of thinking, but that's the thinking of the leadership of Radio Shalom. That was the thinking of the leadership of Radio Shalom at the time. And so, unfortunately. The Jewish community lost the resource. They lost Radio Shalom. It was passed off to the Christians. Now it's official. The Christians own Radio Shalom. Jewish radio will never exist in Montreal again, uh, unless unless somebody spearheads a, a project to 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 get another radio license, which is extremely difficult and extremely costly. I, I don't think we'll ever see Jewish radio in Montreal again, which is extremely sad, because. It was it was a, it was a great experience. It was a it was an amazing opportunity to talk about issues with the Jewish community that we don't generally talk about. Now I, I could do it here online. I do do it here on the show, and I do it on Israel on uh, Israel News Talk Radio. We we talk about a lot of stuff that I talked about on my Radio Shalom show. But the audience and the mass audience that we were able to get on Radio Shalom can never be matched on the internet. There are many segments of the community that don't listen or don't uh, use the internet, and definitely wouldn't be listening to an internet radio show. So we lose the entire population of people who would listen in their cars or would listen at home while they're, while they're baking or whatever else uh, who don't necessarily have internet. And that's such a shame. I remember years ago we did a, uh, we did a show um, on, on, on Hasidic men who, who, who don't necessarily um, follow the rules of Hasidism. 
and were seen walking into uh, walking into houses of ill repute in in downtown Montreal. And I remember doing the show, and the only reason I bring this up is not to uh, not to embarrass Hasidic men who go to uh, strip clubs. Uh, the reason I bring this up is because uh, because when we did that show, when I did that show, and we talked, I talked about this. I got a call from a Hasidic guy who who told me that he was one of the guys who go to the strip clubs, and we had a whole conversation on why, on why he goes to strip clubs, and what part of the Hasidic community he doesn't like. And it was a full hour. I kept him on. The show. He called in as a caller, and I kept him on for an hour to talk about the topic. And it was so enlightening and so, and it bridged the communities because then we understood that, that people who are Hasidim are, are actually the same as people who aren't Hasidim. Uh, the, the community understood that just because you have a beard and payas doesn't make you different from everybody else. And that was the goal, was to bridge the different areas of the community and my show did that. Everybody listened to the Howie Silberger show whether they had internet, they didn't have internet, they listened to the Howie Silberger show because I told the truth. Because I, I brought up the issues that were interesting to the Jewish community. Unfortunately, we don't have a platform for that anymore. And it's a, such a shame. It is such a shame that the leadership of Radio Shalom did not want to sell to Jews and that the many Jews that went and made offers, and I know of at least three or four Jews who, who approached them and made offers, were turned down because they didn't want to give the Jewish community the station, because it didn't work with them. What a sad ending to a great, great, great project. Life goes on. Unfortunately, things like this happen. So if anybody else wants to spearhead the, um, the creation of a new Jewish radio station in Montreal, and you have the funds to back it, and you want to do it, you can email me, howie at truetalkradio.com, and I'll be more than happy to discuss it with you. All right, that's it. I, I'm out of here for today. I want to thank you for joining me. I'm Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. Thank you so much for being part of the show, and I do appreciate you uh, you tuning in day after day, week after week. I know I got an email the other day saying, Howie, you've been doing a lot of half-hour shows instead of hour shows, and I know um, I'm still dealing uh, with this with this health issue that, uh, that I've been dealing with for a while. Uh, it's getting better, and the shows will get longer. Just bear with me uh, for a little while longer, and uh, everything will get back to the way it's supposed to be. Until then, until tomorrow, I want to bid you a, a great night, and uh, thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you tomorrow right here on the True Talk Radio Network. This is the Howie Silberger Show. We're heard live every night, Monday to Thursday. 10 p.m. right here on truetalkradio.com, the only place to be.